Hello and welcome to this Wealth Track podcast. I'm Consuela Mack. Today's topic career advice from three women portfolio managers, a rare breed making up only 11% of all mutual fund managers in the U.S. Our discussion is part of a Tearing Down the Pink Wall webinar series that I am moderating for the award-winning Philanthropy WISE, standing for Women Investing in Security and Education. You can find details on wealthtrack.com. The panelists are Yana Barton, Portfolio Manager and Director of Specialty Solutions at Eaton Vance, Ellen Lee, Fundamental Portfolio Manager at Causeway Capital, and Sonali Peer, Portfolio Manager at PIMCO. Our first question, what difference did their education make to their career destination? Only one, Ellen Lee, got her MBA. Sonali Peer has an undergraduate degree in economics. And Yana Barton in business administration. Barton answered first. I just know that I wanted to be in finance. I actually wanted to be in international business and wanted to move away until I did an internship abroad and realized I missed my family too much. So the truth of the matter is I didn't know what I wanted to do um, until I got into a firm that allowed me to just, you know, practice different skill sets and kind of find myself in the path that I am in today. But what it did do for me is it exposed me to a lot of different classes and coursework that I really enjoyed. I loved statistics, and I think that has given me an appreciation for risk management and tools that I use and portfolio construction. I love business administration, learning about businesses, and just basic economics 101. Some, some of the basics allow you the foundation to kind of find your passion. So um, I would say take as many uh, crazy courses as you can, because you never know what you might end up loving. So. Um, it's been great in that sense. And Ellen, you know, this is administration at Seoul National University. Uh, any idea that you would become a portfolio manager uh, when you started <laughs> with your undergraduate degree? No, but I think I knew I wanted to be in the corporate world, learning about companies and understanding, you know, what moves the economy. And I felt like going into business administration would allow me the, the set of tools that I could acquire to have most amount of choices upon graduation. And I entered banking and after understanding the financing side and corporate action side of the business, working with corporations, I realized, you know, I wanted to manage money and my Stanford MBA allowed me to sort of reboot and get access to that opportunity. What was the, the time between when you graduated from university and got your MBA and what went into that decision? I have a sort of a different path than a lot of other people. So I realized after four years working in banking, I've been promoted to the next level where I didn't need an MBA, but I felt I wasn't doing myself justice unless I gave myself time to reflect so I decided to apply to business school. And after I applied, I found out I was pregnant. So I worked for five and a half years and I took a year off um, before going to business school because I had my son. And when I was in business school, I had my 11 month old. So not the real conventional background, 
but you know if i could go back and do it differently i wouldn't do it any differently and i think um the the choices that i've made i think you know was really focusing on figuring out what i wanted to do and prioritizing myself and i feel all the other things you can figure out and entangle i don't think there is ever a master formula in how to progress in your career i think the ability is upon oneself to untangle and figure out the best path and I think I'm a living proof of that. So I'm, you know, not really the conventional two-year, you know, work environment, you know, two-year business school, right. find a job, but it's been, it's worked out for me. Sonali, uh, undergraduate degree in economics at Princeton, didn't go for an MBA. Did you know at Princeton, you know, that economics, that the financial services industry was where you would want to be? Did you have any idea uh, you would end up as a portfolio manager? At Princeton, I did have an indication that I would end up on quote unquote Wall Street. Uh-huh. Um, I had taken a internship after my sophomore year at uh, Goldman Sachs. Um, that first summer I spent in debt capital markets. I came back a second summer and did sales. And at that point, um, and that was more of a broad sales group. So I'd gotten to see a lot of different products. At that point, I realized um I wanted to be committing capital. I wanted to be in the driver's seat of that. Um, And so I had decided I wanted to be a trader and more than even being uh, the conviction of being a trader, I had decided that I wanted to be in a product that was evolving and new um, and had margin, meaning where we bought it and versus where we sold it had uh, a real opportunity to make profit. And in order to make profit, that means you also had a real opportunity to take risk. Um, so it was a fair amount riskier than, say, trading short term. Um, and, and this was at J.P. Morgan, right? So then I joined full time at J.P. Morgan, which right. at the time was kind of the powerhouse for credit derivatives. Um, you know, it had a much larger desk all the way down to uh, a full desk of high yield credit derivatives traders, which, um, you know, at the time and during my internship, they had one person who was possibly, you know, straddling high yield and investment grade to some extent. Um, and, and so just highlights also just in one year's time, how much financial markets can evolve. So part of that has to do with, yes, the firm, but another part has to do with the evolution in one year and the amount of growth you can see um, in financial markets. And that to me was very exciting, the dynamic nature of the markets. Um, it's hard to say that I knew I would be a a portfolio manager, I, I would say, no, I didn't know that going in, but I did really enjoy taking risk. I, I kind of expected I would always end up back at school, um, but I didn't, obviously, as uh, you know, in the path that I was in, it was not at all prerequisite. It was actually kind of taking two years of experience away from the markets, because mm-hmm. the more you see in the market, the more you can adapt and understand, you know, regime change, uh, different environments for trading and the like. But one thing I wanted to highlight, despite my um, having a lot of conviction in my path from the perspective of economics and Wall Street, you know, it absolutely is an area where you do not need to have a degree in finance, economics, business administration, um, or an MBA. This is very much a environment for a dynamic, high-performing what we call athlete, like, you know, someone who can work in a wide variety of environments across a wide variety of demands. And frankly, you know, if philosophy major could do very well here, as long as they knew, say, the basics of 
bond math, for example, in my world, or, you know, whether it's understanding equity valuation. Um, and, and, you know, much of that is learned on the job. So despite my path, I don't want anyone discouraged because I truly do believe that this is a um, learn on the job type of environment and, and it's fast moving. So what you learn in a textbook only applies so far, um, uh, you know, past, say, the first few months. That's the way I feel about the financial industry as well, that it's it's pretty wide open to a certain kind of individual who's willing to learn. I, I want to ask each of you, and actually, and I'll go back to Yana, what difference has it made being a woman or has it made any difference at all in your career? Let me say it like it is. The statistics about 11% of PMs being women, I'm usually 10% of the room, which means that in a room of 10, there's not a lot of me looking back at me. You know, but I've been fortunate where I've been surrounded by great partners and stewards and great uh, investors that um, I've never felt like outside of having a different sex from them, I've never felt like I was looked down upon because of that. You didn't feel like you were an outsider. No, right. our business, and that's the beauty of this, and this is what uh, sort of Sonali talked about, is it's very transparent whether you're good or bad. And the truth of the matter is every day, somebody's having a good day or someone is having a bad day, but it's all about your record. And it's all based on meritocracy of what you're doing and the job that you're performing. So I think it has been a benefit because I haven't been surrounded by a lot of people like me, but ultimately it comes down to a person and an environment you put yourself in and the opportunities that you take on, which means that you have to have this growth mindset and this ability to say yes more than you say no, because it is risky, but it's the only way to continue to grow professionally and personally. I think it's a good thing. And Ellen, let me ask you the same question. I, and I was really intrigued by your saying that, that you w went to business school uh, with uh, your son. So what difference has it made uh, being a woman to you professionally? I think in the beginning of my career, I used to think that, you know, I was in an industry where, you know, meritocracy is the pure methodology in which I'm assessed. So, you know, gender is not really that relevant. But as I progressed in my career, I definitely believe that having more women in this industry would be more profitable for our investors because you know, I don't want to generalize on gender traits, but you can generalize a statement saying that women tend to be better managers of risk, thinking about downside risk more so than, and than uh, my male counterparts. And you know, in equity investing, that is very, very important. You have to take risk-adjusted return analysis for investments that you make. And I think there's a lot of stats that show if you have more women portfolio managers, you know, women as a group tend to outperform you know, male portfolio managers. And again, bringing the point that Yana said, you, know, you can have all these different skill sets come and complement each other in an organization. So I think the ultimate important thing for me is I want to be in an environment where everybody's differences and their strengths are respected, but also their weaknesses are complemented. And just like Yana, I've been very fortunate at Causeway to be in such environment, but it is true when I go into the room, I am the 10%. 
like I'm one of 10. And I, I think at least for me, I've had uh, so far a very fulfilling, financially rewarding career. And I hope more women can join the industry because it's an industry where I think people who are highly ambitious, but also are willing to put in the work and can be authentic to their thinking can really have a successful career. So Nolly, the same question to you and, and thinking about the trading floor and that you, you love taking risks, you love being in that position. So what difference uh, has it made being a woman uh, in your career and, uh, and as far as how you handle risk? Has it made any difference? Sure, and I'll differentiate first from um, my sell side days as a trader and then kind of more as a portfolio manager. Very different. Yeah. Uh, especially given the timing. So in the early 2000s on a trade floor, um, the culture was quite paternalistic, um, as you may have guessed. And the reality is that it, that was that was true. Um, so it wasn't the easiest of environments, absolutely. But I'm also the youngest of three children. I had an older brother and sister, so I was kind of used to it rolling downhill and I was kind of ready for it. Um, but it, it, that doesn't make it easy and mm. it doesn't make it welcoming per se. Um, however, on the flip side, and part of the reason why I highlighted, you know, what area I went into being that credit derivatives were new and exciting, it also not only were our clients kind of excited to pick up the phone and hear someone different, um, you know, and that was really a welcome, like, wait, wait, what, who, who is this, you know, um, the flip side was that I also had a lot of value because the product was new and evolving. Um, so meaning, when I would trade high yield bonds, many of those relationships had been integrated for over 20 years, talking to, you know, maybe even on the same sector. So my coming in and entering that market was relatively difficult, despite whatever edge I may have thought I had. Whereas coming in through the derivative side, you know, many of our clients that had been in high yield for a long time, still were not very familiar with derivatives, were hoping that they truly were, as Buffett said, weapons of mass destruction and they would go away, um, or that, you know, over time, um, you know, they wouldn't need to learn it. When they realized it was there and it was staying, um, I turned into a resource for them where I was like, okay, well, tell me why this trades wide or tight to the representative bond. So or tell you me, became you know, the expert. Well, right, with the yeah. salespeople internally, as well as with our clients externally. And that really helped because now I could start to extricate some of the business from the cash bond side as well, right? So being able to put in that time on the derivative side allowed me to start getting some business on the cash side as well. And so altogether, again, you know, I think that highlights the importance of looking at what's evolving and, and because financial markets are always evolving, um, you know, and sometimes crashing. That was a great equalizer because it didn't matter what my gender was. It was a question of what did I know going in and where could I um, over time build, uh, you know, certain relationships, relationships take time. That's a fact. Um, in terms of, you know, being a female on the buy side, I would say it's a much more uh, positive experience right from the get-go. And in part, because certainly at our firm, we, we believe very strongly in the cognitive um, codex. And, and to anyone who's new to this, this is about all the different ways in which, you know, there's unconscious bias, conscious bias, um, you know, if I could, I'd follow up and show you this crazy brain map of, you know, all the different ways in which you could, you could be skewed by your experience. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it's so important to have diverse 
investors in the room. I won't go as far as to say that necessarily women are better investors, even though, yes, Ellen, I've read the same Morningstar study. I think it's more important to, to highlight that you know, diverse teams absolutely will get better results because they're able to think about a wider number of scenarios. They've seen, they have a greater appreciation for, even from an international perspective, the different things that would impact markets. And, and maybe they've experienced inflation having grown up, say, in an emerging market. I do think that diverse teams absolutely um, is a positive. And it helps, you know, again, you know, it's not just about who in the room looks like me, it's much more around, as a result, how can we drive results, because we're able to cast a wider net and think of a wider number of scenarios. If each of you wanted to hire someone in your respective teams, uh, what's the most important quality that you'd look for? I'd say growth mindset, uh, an ability to be a sponge, um, just this eagerness and um, curiosity to learn. You don't have to know the answer to every question, but I'm looking for you to work really hard in getting to sources that can lead you to the right outcome. Um, a team player, uh, someone that possesses this just genuine interest in the business and wanting to do well for the sake of the team. Ellen, same question to you. What, do, what would you look for when you're considering a candidate? I agree with all the qualities that Yana mentioned. I guess I will zone in on two things. One is the curiosity aspect. I think that's sort of the underlying foundation of wanting to be a learner, wanting to know more, and being able to get to the bottom of an issue to make the right judgment. So I would say, you know, curiosity is one. And then the second point is having tenacity like not settling and always pushing to improve, whether it be, you know, your accounting skills or is it your investing skills or wanting to improve the team, you know, the firm that you belong to. So I would say those two things. You know, Walt Disney called that plussing uh, is that to make that extra effort when everyone else says the job is done and he would say to his animators, no, 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 it isn't you, you can do more. Um, so to the tenacity and the plussing uh, really important qualities. Part two of this career advice conversation with three powerful women tearing down the pink wall will be available on wealthtrack.com. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. In the meantime, make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.